0: If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Coffee in California Politics. Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Give everybody a minute to log on, as always. It's been a while, and it feels like whenever I'm gone a week, it feels like it's it's a lot longer. Than it really is. Just one week is uh, is a big deal because you get in the you know, the routine of it, and then all of a sudden you miss it for an entire week. And uh, and yeah, here you are. So um, I'll get started in a couple minutes. Uh, as soon as more people hop on, uh, we do this every Wednesday. Um, no, no, sorry. Just getting just getting ready. Now I was ready to go. Um, so. Last week, uh, was out because I got the, the the Rona. Uh, wife and I came down with it, and it kicked our ass. Um, not gonna lie. Uh, still de- dealing with some of the like after effects of it. Um, in terms of of the the post fatigue and all that stuff. So we've gotten past the symptoms. Now it's just the the fatigue and all that. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, it, it was not particularly fun. It was not great. It was not like a lot of people are saying, which is, uh, you know, oh, it's like a mild cold and you're done in like 24 hours. No, It was like every day there was like a new symptom that um, just seemed to like crop up all of a sudden. Uh, one day it was like there was a fever. Then the next day was like a sore throat. So it was like it was like a roulette of like you had no idea what was going to happen from day to day. Um, but getting over it the fatigue is really was really bad um still a little tired i got a little dizzy yesterday so we'll see how far i get um yeah i should i should wear my mask while you're doing this podcast so people don't get it um yeah yesterday was weird i was i got really fatigued you know even walking um so yeah it was uh, even just like walking up and down steps was was bad but i feel better today so every day i get a little bit better um, but now I'm back doing coffee in California politics with you. Uh, so just wanted to give you the update of what was going on and where did we go? Um, and somebody said, did you get home test? Yeah, we did the home test. So uh, just did that. And then we just stayed home for the whole week and just rested because it was really the best thing we could do It was really, really kicked our butts. Um, but we're better. And... You know, what was the remedy? Somebody said, well, time. I think time and rest is really all you could do. Uh, Tea, you know, stuff like that. Like we didn't lose our appetite. So that was good. Uh, It's not like we were not really hungry or anything. We still ate. Um, And um, yeah, but we're back. Um, New shirt just launched this week that I just dropped. Um, (laughs) We should be saying glad you're better now. Um, New shirt just dropped uh, progressive policies. One of my favorite sayings, which is if progressive policies worked, California would be a utopia. So now I've made it into a t-shirt, not only a t-shirt, uh, I've made it into a, uh, women's tee, women's tank top and sweatshirt and crop top. You can go, you can look it through the store and you can see all the different versions. So if you want a sweatshirt or if you want a tank top or something like that, you can definitely check it out again. All of these proceeds go to help make the platform bigger and better. Uh, if you've noticed recently uh, you'll see that there's been more of these like news stories and these news posts, which I think is important because there really is no like California news social media platform that just gives you like the kind of the snippets of news of what's going on. Um, so I think we're gonna we're gonna start doing more of that sort of thing uh, more news maybe if it gets it picks up steam maybe we'll end up creating a whole site where you can send people. But I figure the the posts and everything like that are good because then you can share them and they're, they're you know the goal is to make them small enough so you don't have to go through a whole article. You could just get really the main headlines and just kind of move on with your life and, and read it and share it and all that stuff, let people know. Um, and that's basically it. Uh, we're heading up on June 7th. Uh, it's coming up in a couple weeks, so that's going to be a big date. If you don't know what June 7th is, well, first off, you should know what June 7th is. June 7th is the primaries here in California, which we're going to talk about the voter guide and when you should use it and when you should just kind of trust your gut or how you can use the voter guide as a, a, as a tool, not necessarily as a crutch. Um, June 7th is the primary, looking to get together a big primary night kind of live where you can watch what's going on in California. Watch the results as they come in uh, and have some commentary from some people who are very good about this stuff, some wonky people, and we can really break it down because um, I don't think there's really going to be a lot of people who are really talking about the California primaries. And again, the California primaries are really, really important. They're not just something that you should just throw away and not think about and just be like, well, you know, I'll vote in November. It's not really a big deal. No, because California is an open primary. So that means that if you want someone to be on the ballot, you gotta vote for them. They're not gonna automatically just show up on the ballot just because of who they are. You have to make sure they even get on the ballot. This is definitely, this isn't like other states. Like last night I was watching results come in from North Carolina and from Pennsylvania. And those states have the same traditional, which is there's two parties, here's who your candidate's gonna be, and who's the other candidate gonna be. That's not the case. It's not like we're gonna figure out who the Republican candidate is and who the Democrat candidate is it's it could be anybody uh it could really be two Democrats, it could be a Republican and a Democrat It could be a Democrat and a green party person. It could be two Democrats, one who's even farther left than the other, which happens a lot in California. You'll find that you'll find a lot of races where it's a Democrat who is more moderate versus a Democrat who is far, far left. And that's why it's important to not really always trust the voter guide. Um, so June 7th, we're going to, we're working on getting that together. It'll be fun. It'll be a big stream uh, where we're just going to sit. it'll be like a war room and we can sit and chat and talk about what's going on in the cut in the, the June 7th primaries. But, um, And that's basically it. Someone said, Are the results in for Penn in the race with Dr. Oz? The last I saw, Dr. Oz has taken the lead. I think it was about 2,000 votes or something like that. Um, But they're still counting votes. Uh, Still amazing to me that, like, these, like, Allegheny County is still can't figure out how to get its ballots in. Um, You know, it's amazing how there's just one of the countries that prides itself on the electoral process and democracy. Uh, can't seem to figure out how to get voting done correctly. When other countries are basically very simple, there's one day, there's no mail-in ballots. There's none of this stuff. The day is a national holiday. Um, I know in Mexico, I know that you have the whole day off. It's one day you just show up, you vote, you get like your little, you have to have an ID. That's another thing. You have to have an ID to go vote in Mexico. Um, and I think they give you the, the ink, I don't know I'll have the double check on that. If anybody knows whether or not they, they have to do the ink, like where you ink your finger after you vote. So you can't like go to different places and vote. Um, so, um, it's amazing to me that there's other countries who have figured out how to do it and with lo- a lot less resources and do it a lot more efficiently. Um, yeah, I agree. Somebody said that's how we should be voting. We should get one day, and we should get the day off. I agree. I think it should be, you know, in extreme circumstances, you can get a mail in or an absentee, like you can't leave the house or something like that for medical reasons. That's fine, um, but I think everybody else should just get a day off. That's it. The night before, I, I think my wife even told me that the day before, I think they stopped selling alcohol, as if you don't have alcohol laying around. But the idea is, you're, you're all the bars are supposed to close so people don't go to the polls like they don't take it as a day like to actually be off like they take it as a day like you go vote and so you don't show up like uh a little Umbriad as we say in italian um or uh baracho in spanish i think um but yeah so anyway let's hop into today's subject so that way we can get to your comments and questions uh we can talk about the ministry of truth how that has now been put on hold after we talk about that stuff um i know it's a been a week or so. So I'm sure there's a lot of stuff people want to talk about. But let's get into the main topic, the top topic today, which is voter guides. And the reason is because um, a lot of people have messaged me in my DMS and said, Are you going to come out with a voter guide? And my response to them is always the same. And it was the same during the recall. My goal is not to endorse anybody or to show you who to vote for, or come out with some sort of voter guide. And I think people really kind of like get a crutch or use this as a crutch of like, well, just tell me who to vote for. Like, just tell me who to vote for. Tell me who's the good person. And, you know, I, I take that. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I take it as a compliment that people trust me enough that they ask me for a voter guide because they trust who I'm going to pick. Um, but that's never really been my intent because my intent is to, Show you how to do these things, how to research people, and how to question these narratives, so that you can go in there and vote for who you believe is the best person to be in that office. Um, because if I start endorsing people and telling you you should vote for this person or that person, it, it creates this illusion of like I'm picking favorites, and I don't want to do that. I don't want it. I I want people to know that we're we're attacking all these issues uh in an unbiased manner so that you get really the the best honest take from me that that could be um so that's why I don't endorse anybody that's why I don't come out with a voter guide or anything like that i just want to show you how to do it on your own and if i've if i haven't done that then i've failed at my number one drive which is to kind of help people figure out how to do this how to get involved um how to think Uh, independently and and really kind of figure out what they want to do now for me personally I have a certain process when it comes to voter guides voter guides are helpful in one way or another I'm I'm not going to say that they're not always helpful Um, they're helpful because sometimes they point you in the right direction of certain offices that you may not really know about or not really care about and that's fine that if you kind of want that assist of like who to vote for but the information is all out there. And that's what really is. That's one reason why I like to actually do my mail-in ballot at home. And this was even before COVID. Um, and this is another point that I want to make, which is everyone's so worried about like mail-in ballots and all that stuff and making sure that they void out their mail-in ballot when they go do it physically. Why, uh, my, my philosophy is why not just fill out your mail-in ballot and bring it in and drop it off. It's one less mail-in ballot floating around. And no one can show up at the polls pretending to be you because they don't have anything. Um, But I like to take my time. I like to sit there. I've always, California has a lot to vote for. So it takes a while. It does take a while for you to sit there and vote for everything and vote for everybody. And now that doesn't mean you can't just take your mail-in ballot as a sample ballot and say, this is what I'm going to use when I go into the booth and actually fill this stuff out. But either way, it's going to require a lot of research. It takes a lot of research for you to figure out who is who, what is what. And if you just rely on a voter guide, you may end up not voting or voting for somebody um, that you don't approve of. You may miss out on an office just because there's no one who has been endorsed on that voter guide. So if you miss a spot, you may say, well, how did this person get in here? Um... Well, because you weren't really paying attention. And I know the story I always like to tell is the issue here in San Diego with Todd Gloria and um, and Barbara Bree, which is a lot of Republicans sat on the sidelines for that election. And a lot of people probably just said, well, there's no endorsement before the mayoral race because there's no Republicans. So they just kind of skipped over it and... Um, that's, they just kind of skipped over it, and they said, well, there's no reason for me to vote because there's no one who's been endorsed on this voter guide. When in reality, if Republicans who looked at the two candidates side by side, they probably would have voted for Barbara Bree and supported her, and it was a close race. Um, so she probably could have won, and you wouldn't have had Todd Gloria. So um, it is important that you don't just rely always on uh, the voter guide because you are going to miss races you're going to miss races and you're going to miss contests that if it republicans aren't in it which is very possible there's no republican who's been endorsed um also there's a chance that if you're looking at a voter guide you may not there's could be republicans running in that race um for example there's a race here in san diego uh between june cutter and christy bruce lane two republicans and a democrat who's the incumbent and the party didn't endorse either of them. And that's because of internal poli- party politics, because they didn't reach the threshold. So if you were to just look at the voter guide, you would be like, well, I don't know who to vote for in this race because no one's told me who to vote for. Then there would be an issue of like, well, if you don't vote for either of them and you just kind of let it happen, well, you might get someone that you don't really enjoy or, or someone that you don't support or someone who might not be even able to win the general. That's another thing that you have to take into a consideration as well is you kind of have to look at not only the primaries because the primary is definitely a a race between ideologies of the same party and who's where on the spectrum. And sometimes you have to look at who would win more likely in a general um, as opposed to your own personal feelings. Uh, You might have to think strategically and say, well, this person I think has a better shot of winning in the general. And a lot of people say, "Well, it's compromising but I'd rather have someone that's closer to being on my team than not being close to being on my team in that office just because I want to vote for somebody who had a snowball's chance in hell um, so let's hop into it. There is one uh site that I'm gonna pull up real quick. I think it's I think it's this site I was looking at last night, yeah, okay. A lot of people were asking about judicial stuff. I'm going to get to judicial stuff. I'm going to give you a site where you can go and look at judicial sites or judicial candidates. Um, and let's start off with, I have all these things. I, you know, I have my, this is the, my favorite time of the year. This is when I really nerd out. I got my candidate statements. I got my ballot. I got this stuff. I got all this stuff ready to go. Um, but this is what I want to start off with. This is one thing I got in the mail recently. So I'll show you that. I don't want to show you my address, Um, but you can see this. This is a sample voter guide, and you're going to see it. I'm going to make sure I just cover that up. And it shows you who you're going to vote for, right? Now, usually the San Diego Republican Party will send out another voter guide. Um, This is just a congressional Republican voter guide. So it tells you who to vote for right here on this now there's probably a good chance that most of them are fine if they're in your district and you want to run for them that's this is an example of what a voter guy is going to look for now if you look at the actual site for the san diego republican party they have a lot more endorsements of who they are supporting now if you just go with those different if you go with those certain offices and you want to vote down the, the, the ballot, sure, that's fine. There's probably a good chance that maybe most of them will get through the primary, or maybe some of them won't get through the primary. Um, but if that's the way you want to do it, that's fine. But I always say you can start with a voter guide and go from there. Why? Because it's like peeling back layers of an onion where you could say, okay, this person's been endorsed by San Diego Republican Party, Um, but do I necessarily agree with everything they say? And there's some races where there is only one Republican running. There are some races where there are multiple Republicans running. There are some races where there's a Republican running and there's no endorsement. For example, if you go to like the California GOP site, there's nobody who has been endorsed for secretary of state. Correct. Correct. So now you go over to your handy dandy primary election ballot like this thing, which gives you all the candidate statements, uh, which, you know, you won't find Major Williams in there because uh, he thinks it's a waste of money to fill one of these out. Um, But if you look at Secretary of State, you'll see that Shirley Weber is running. Um, Not a fan of Shirley Weber. Uh, She started the reparations committee or whatever that is going through and using up taxpayer money. Uh, And then you have a Republican, Rachel Hamm. Now, you would probably sit here and look at this and go, well, who should I vote for for Secretary of State? And you look at the three choices. You have Rachel Hamm, who's a Republican. You have Gary Blenner, who's the Green Party. And then you have Shirley Weber, who's a Democrat. And I'm not going to vote for her because I know her track record and I know where she stands on a lot of stuff. Um, So I know I'm not going to vote for her. So my choices are now Rachel Hamm and Gary Blenner. And you may say, well, obviously you're going to go with Rachel Ham, right? Rachel Hamm's got to be the choice. And if you look at her candidate statement, you say, okay, I'm running for California secretary of state in order to increase accuracy, accountability, and transferring California's election system. When I'm elected, I'll work closely with election officials from around the state to make California the gold standard for free, fair, and honest elections. That sounds good, right? You would likely just sit there and go, okay, I'm going to vote for Rachel Hamm. Now, this is where it really comes in handy that you have to do even more research. You have to keep peeling back the onion. So now you've gotten to the point where there is no voter guide, so you've gotten this far and figured out uh, this is the Republican candidate who I'm going to vote for, and now you've done that much research, you got to keep peeling back the onion. You can't just sit there and say, well, she's got R next to her name, so therefore I'm going to vote for her. If you look more into Rachel Hamm... Rachel Hamm has been sort of a controversial figure, um, and you can look her up. In terms of stuff she said, she kind of seems a little off the wall. Um, somebody, I think she had to make a joke about like, she doesn't practice witchcraft. Um, she made a comment about how, like, she just prays that all the fraudulent ballots in California are taken up by God and, like, burned. Um, so there's some stuff you look at her and go, eh, probably not the best representation for what I want to to vote for just because she has an R next to her name doesn't necessarily mean that's somebody I want to vote for. And that's probably likely also why the California GOP maybe didn't endorse her because she is kind of a little out there. Um, so now your choice is Gary and Blenner tired of government that only listens to wealthy interests rather than working people. Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty good. The answer is to fix our election system and expand democracy, proportional representation, ranked choice, voting, public financing, of campaigns not a big fan of that and corporate personhood left for the unity slate on june 7th so your choices here are not good i'm not gonna lie to you you don't you have a a, a republican who's a little out there um and then you have shirley weber who has been a apparatus of the democratic machine here in california for a long time um and then you have this guy gary n blenner green so at the end of the day you could just not vote you could just not vote for this person and say, I'm not going to vote for this person because, or I'm not going to vote for this office because I I don't, I don't know. I don't have any, I don't really have anything to go off of. So um, I don't know who people would vote for in that case. I don't know if Gary and Blenner would be the best person. He sounds like he wants to, uh, you know, I, I agree. He, he had me in the first half. I'm not going to lie. Uh, ranked choice voting is not a bad idea, especially in places like California. If you don't know what ranked choice voting is, Ranked choice voting is basically like um, it could work here in California because of the open primary. Basically, what you do is you vote for your certain person that you want. And if that person doesn't win your vote, then goes to the next person. So let's say like you want to go, well, I'm going to vote for this Republican. And if they don't win or they don't get the necessary requirements, it's then going to go down to the next person. I want to vote for a libertarian or something like that that's ranked choice voting. So it allows people to kind of like pick multiple backups. So they don't feel like the, you know, the, the old argument of like, well, you're going to throw your vote away if you vote for like a libertarian. Well, now you can vote for like the libertarian first. And if they don't win, then you can have a Republican as a backup. So, um, let's see. There's another office that I want to look at, uh, because I don't think there is a, an endorsement. So if you just went with, um, now, here's a, Actually, this is a good one as well. I'm going to talk about this one. Attorney General. Um, now, there is a uh, there is a endorsement on your voter guide for Republican for Nathan Hochman, who is the Republican endorsed candidate for attorney general. But there also is Eric Early, who is no slacker himself. So in terms of looking at who am I going to vote for? If you just voted for the endorsement, you're going to leave out Eric Early. Now, Eric Early says, as an attorney for thirty years, who runs a nationally recognized law firm and been named one of America's top lawyers, who has fought and won lawsuits for scores of Californians, received major endorsements, who has never worked for the government. I am uniquely qualified to protect all Californians from a failed government that has turned California into a criminal's paradise. I am a husband, father, a Marine. We must make California safe for all citizens of races, creeds, and colors. Attorney General will put law abiding visibility, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, he says, I'm, "As an America First candidate, I will protect against the growing socialist, communist threat. Support our Second Amendment rights, and investigate government corruption and election fraud. I will protect parents from a government trying to control how we raise our kids, and fight to stop schools from lesson plans dividing child by right, children by race, teaching kids to hate America, teaching sexually explicit topics to young children, and forcing experimental vaccines on kids. We need to be tough and not politically correct. We need a change in California. Um, so." There you go. There might be somebody who you like, and if you just went straight voter guide, you would likely miss right over Eric Early um, because he's not the endorsed candidate. So in this case, you have one, two. Let's see. Rob Bonta is running because he's the incumbent. um, And then there's a Green Party candidate. Right. Now, here's another case where if you just went on your voter guide, you would miss this race entirely because you don't know who to vote for. Um, you have the insurance commissioner. Now, what does the insurance commissioner do? They head the Department of Insurance, which ensures, enforces California insurance laws and adopts regulations to implement the laws. License regulates and examines insurance companies, answers public questions and complaints about the insurance industry. California faces a crisis in the insurance market that is hurting real people. I'm ready. Okay, sorry. This is Mark Levine. There's two Democrats and one Green Party and one piece and freedom um just for uh, s's and giggles um, the oh there's a whole bunch of, actually there's a Republican another Democrat running so there is a Republican running in this race huh okay but there is no uh, there is no endorsement I don't see in this race for the California GOP so Likely it's going to be two Democrats because there's no endorsement for this. So you're going to have to sit back and go, who are the most likely Democrats we're going to vote? Now, obviously you can look at their candidate statements and see how they write them. If they look like they're written by themselves for like a high school paper, um, then yeah, there's a good chance that they may not be a serious candidate. Um, but if you look at, like, Mark Levine, who's a Democrat, and Ricardo Lara, who I would guess are the, probably the two top guys. They look like they got their, their stuff together. Mark Levine says, California faces a crisis in the insurance market that is hurting real people. I'm ready to make the insurance into what is supposed to be a powerful force that holds insurance companies accountable. During my decade in the state legislature, and I've been afraid to take on corporate special interests from the insurance to big oil, blah, blah, blah. Um, my ethics plan will ensure that when I'm insurance commissioner, both insurance companies in my office conduct business in the light of day. Um, and then you have Ricardo Lara as your insurance commissioner protecting consumers is my top priority. That sounds pretty good. Whether I'm staying for wildfire survivors or helping Californians get back their money when insurance companies overcharge during the pandemic, I believe consumers need someone on their side. Yeah. Uh, I pressed it was uh, a rule on taking executive action to require insurance to pilot for safer homes and sponsor legislation to streamline the process for survivors to receive benefits. Uh, that's why I directed insurance companies to provide premium relief, saving California's more than $2 billion. So these are the, the why, if you don't go with a voter guide, you will lose out on a lot of these races. Now, that's always, you know, if you want to vote straight party, and you want to vote straight endorsement, that's fine. But I, I'm, I'd venture to say if you're on this live right now and you're listening to me ramble about this, you, you are someone who actually cares about what's going on in California politics, and you're not just going to sit here and vote straight party. You're going to want to vote for somebody who you actually believe in. And that's why I say this does take a lot of work, right? This is not like... And it's probably the most important right we have as Americans... Um, what right we have left for now? Uh, but it, it, it's incredibly important to take this seriously, to not just show up and just vote the party line and vote who the voter guide is and miss all the other races and say, well, I don't know who uh, who to vote for because no one's told me who to vote for. You could miss out on a big important race, and a lot of these races, like these local races, they get down to the point where like you don't know who it could be like a hundred or a couple hundred votes that change who ends up in a seat or not so it's not um you may say well what difference does it make it makes a huge difference whether or not you're actually paying attention to a lot of this and you're actually being involved in it and here's the thing that's going to actually ruffle some feathers some people now take a deep breath There are some races where you may have to vote for a Democrat and you may say, well, I don't want to vote for a Democrat. Fine. If you say if that's your line in the sand where you go, I'm never going to vote for a Democrat, I'm never going to vote for him because I don't want to support that party. That's fine. You can do that. But you can also look at the choices and say, I have choice A and I have choice B. And sometimes it's the lesser of two evils. And it's better to hold off the real evil, the real far, far left Democrat, the statist Democrat, than, and put in the moderate Democrat who's just kind of trying, trying to do their thing rather than have somebody in place who is way, way, way worse. Um, and that's usually what happens. And the sad thing is, is that a lot of people, because they don't do their research and they just follow the party line or they follow whatever the voter guy says – They stay out of these races and you end up with someone who is in office, who is really, really bad. And a lot of people kind of wake up and go, oh, why did this person end up in this? Why why are we in this predicament? You're in this predicament because you weren't paying attention. You didn't research or you didn't feel like you wanted to vote for a Democrat. I got news for you in California. There's a good chance that most of the races you're going to look at are going to end up with Democrats. And what we'll see come November, this is just the primary to see who you're going to get on the ballot. Um, but come November, you're going to see a lot of these races where it's going to be two Democrats. And obviously we're going to talk about, we're going to sit down, and we're going to examine different races. Um, that's going to be a lot of work. Then we got propositions. Propositions is a whole other thing in terms of the voter guide. You're going to see a lot of voter guides come out with all these different things saying yes, no on these propositions. And you're going to have to sit down and go, okay, well, the policemen's association says yes on this uh but the republicans or libertarians say no on this what do i do you're gonna have to look at it you're gonna have to read and you're gonna have to do your best and you're gonna have to ask people um if you have people who are close to you or people who like to talk about this stuff and you know it won't get too contentious have a little party have a little get together have some cocktails sit over bring over all this stuff if you really want to nerd out and say "Hey, who do you think in this area who do you think should be this person yeah you know make it give it an excuse make it feel you know get involved um but in reality i guess to boil it all down when it comes to a voter guide you can start with a voter guide but that's not your be all and end all. Don't let the voter guide be your be all and end all. Don't let it be the gospel truth of who you are going to support. You should do a lot of research. You should have, and you're going to get a lot of you're going to get a lot of voter guides. I get multiple voter guides. I, you know, you get the San Diego Republican one. Um, you may get, like I said, the Policeman Associations one. You're going to get like different unions and stuff like that are going to send you voter guides of what to vote for. Um. And they're going to conflict, and they're not going to agree on everything. That's the crazy thing is they're not going to agree on everything. So you're actually going to have to sit there and go, do I agree with this? Do I agree with that? Why are they supporting this? Um, What is the fiscal fiscal kind of impact of this? Do I agree with it? I found times where I've looked at propositions, and I didn't agree with the Republican Party. There's been plenty of times, actually, where I didn't agree with the Republican Party on a lot of propositions where I'll say, look, the 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 hard line of the California Republican Party is usually no new anything, which is fair. Sometimes there's propositions that you look at and go, maybe we do need that. Maybe that is a good choice and you want to vote for it. Um, but that's the bottom line is that the voter guide is really just the starting point that And someone just brought up rooted wings has a great one. I know freedom revivals has done their voter guide, um, which, you know, is, is fair to them. They can do that. That's sort of what freedom revivals is all about is kind of like promoting and and picking politics. That's not really my goal. My goal is not to tell you or to pick politics for you. Um, you can use them as a starting guide. If you trust rooted wings and her community, go for it. That's a great starting guide. Um, I know that it's going to conflict with the California GOP, and that's another example of where you have a voter guide where uh, I believe in Freedom Revivals, they endorsed uh, Anthony Tremino. Meanwhile, the California GOP has endorsed Brian Dolly. Um, I think there's some other, like for Senate, they've endorsed Dr. Cordy Williams for the California GOP. They've uh, endorsed Mark Mauser. So you're going to see even... Technically, right there, you see the Freedom Revival Votem Gui- voter guide, and you see the California GOP, they're already at odds. Um, oh, they did endorse. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, anybody who wants to vote for Rachel Ham, just do your research into Rachel Hamm. I, I, I don't know if I'd want that person running the Secretary of State, and I also don't know if I'd want them as a representative of the Republican Party, because you don't want to give anybody in California more ammo than they need uh, when it comes to Republicans. So that's basically it. Start with the voter guide. Give it, you know, use that as like your guiding start. Um, Yeah. Carl DeMaio has his own voter guide as well. Um, I I mean, he does his own thing. It's the Carl DeMaio show. Everything comes back to what Carl DeMaio wants and how he can make more money off of it. Um, But Start the voter the voter guide starts with you. That's where it is the your guiding star, your compass to kind of give you a good foot in the door. Um, and then go from there. And then look at each race. And you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get your big, huge, honking ballot. And this isn't even that big because we don't even have the propositions yet. When you get to the propositions, get ready for an even larger thing. Um you're going to see a lot of different choices and there's a lot of people on these, you know, you're looking at governor, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of choices. Um, you have party preferences, none. You have some people who are independent like Michael Schellenberger, Renette Sinum, um, Republican Democrats, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot to do. There's a lot of research, but that's my, that's my two bits about voter guides. They're okay to give you a starting point. If you trust the source, but pick through who they endorse and make sure you look at every candidate in that race. Just because they say this race is this person. Don't just look at that person and go along oh, and vote for him. Sometimes most of the time they, you you'll look at the candidate and if they're endorsed by your party or whatever, um, then you can absolutely like you can absolutely, you, there's most of the time you'll, uh, you'll usually agree with them. Um, but there's been times I I haven't agreed with Republicans. You know, shocking. Um let's see. Somebody said, What are my concerns about Rachel Hamm? Uh you can look her up. She said some weird kooky things. Um, so you can definitely go. It's stuff that like normal people wouldn't say out loud or say in public, so I, I I would just urge you to go look her up. Um there's some weird things she's said in the past. I saw Freedom Revival's just jumped on, so it's the you know, we were just talking about the voter guide that they put out. And a lot of people trust Freedom Revivals. They're a great organization. Um, They're doing a lot of good work out there. So if you trust them, start with their voter guide, but do your own research. Um, That's what it is. Rachel Hamm believes her prayers killed a witch. Um, Thank you for the the assist on that one. Um, So, yeah, you can always start with them, with Freedom Revival um, or the California GOP or whoever you trust. Um, And you can also... When time comes, you can also look at other parties as well. It doesn't have to be the Republican Party. You know, there's a lot of times I'll cross-section, I'll I'll kind of cross-research between, like, who the voter guide is for the Republicans. And then I'll go over and look at, like, who the voter guide for the Libertarians is. And you'll see that it's different. Especially on propositions, you'll see that it's a lot different. Which is pretty interesting. You'll see that like the libertarian stances on propositions are different than what the California Republican is. So, Uh, but yeah. So somebody asked, what do I think of Renette Suna Asinam? I, I think I said her name right. Thinking about having her on the show. I like her, her stance on, on we need sort of common sense. I think her and Michael Schellenberger are hitting upon something that's very, very important here in California politics, which is that uh it may the, the 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 and i was thinking about this the other day the vitriol of the the political parties and the toxicity of the political parties has gotten us to this point in our country where we are today where it doesn't like people just don't want to listen to each other um and people don't really want to uh, you know, it's very tribalistic. I hate tribalism. Um, I don't think you should just vote for someone or, or support someone just because they're on your team. Um, I think you should call out anybody, whether they're, they're, they're good or bad. Um, and I think they're touching upon this issue of, like, we've gotten to a point where the political parties are so, so mired in extreme politics that they've forgotten about what's going on in the middle. They've forgotten that there's people who are hurting out there and people who need common sense help. And they just kind of go back and forth with each other. And both sides are guilty. So, like, the left always likes to say, oh, the right gins up all these, like, conspiracy theories about us and that, this, that, and the other. But the left does exactly the same thing. The left creates these narratives of, like, You know, that the Republican Party is just run by white supremacists and Nazis and stuff like that. Um, And then the right will say like the left is doing that. But in reality, most of the country is sort of in the middle just trying to figure out how to pay for gas this week. So I think they've both touched upon something interesting in California where I don't think a lot of people are kind of happy with both parties. Um, You'll have the people who are obviously die hard to the Democrats. You'll have people who are Democrats who may be looking for a better option. They may be looking for something different. They may think that their party has gotten a little out of hand. So the two of them, I think, are touching upon something interesting that's happening in California, which is that the middle has really just been left out of politics. And the middle continues to keep getting squeezed out of politics where you can't be You know, it's become so tribalistic and it's become so much of a conservative purity test um, that it's hard to do anything that makes sense. Because if you do something that makes sense on this side, you'll piss off this side. Um, And then if you do something like if you take an idea from the other side, people will say, oh, you're, you're, you're automatically out of the party. Or you're not a good person, or I don't trust you. You know, if you're a Republican who says, well, yeah, I care about the environment, people will be like, oh, you're a greenie. And, you're, you know, you're, you're a crazy climate change person, and we can't listen to you, and we can't agree with you. When in reality, like, it's okay if you want to listen to environmental concerns and stuff like that. Um, but that's where we've gotten now. We've gotten to this point where tribalism is so bad, and California is really bad at it, too where they just kind of stay in their polar side, like their different polar ends, and nobody in the middle is being well represented. So um, that's what I think about candidates like that. I think there's candidates who, you may not agree with them on everything, but hell, they have a lot of better ideas about what's going on or ways to solve this than, than other politicians. Um, like, for example... One thing that I like about Michael Schellenberger, which is something that I've believed in, which is why I put that shirt out that says stop brownout, support nuclear, is the the, the advancement of nuclear energy. And I haven't heard really one Republican making that like a big issue that they want to continue to grow nuclear energy. And especially not from an angle where they say like it's also one of the cleanest and safest if we do it correctly. Um, sources of energy for a state that continues to have brownouts. Uh, it's interesting that we're, we're still kind of debating about whether or not solar panels in the desert are really going to do anything when nuclear energy is right there and it's ready to go. Um, so it's stuff like that, you know, and I think that that's where we're at. So um, that's why the middle has to do their research and vote strategically. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. You know, and I think when you start to, and politicians do react to this, right? So if if more people who are in the middle of California, not on the polar extremes, not really far over here, not really far over here, more people in the middle start to vote for politicians, red, you know, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian or whatever. And they start to see that they all sort of align with um, this moderate stance you're going to see more politicians start to be moderate, and that's really they react to that because they say, "Well, the winds of uh, of politics is changing, and therefore, um, we're going to have to change how our policies are." And that's really that's it. I mean, that's how politics works: is that the voter base will say, "We're going to reject the far left, and we're going to start voting for more moderate Democrats and Republicans," and then that's sort of how you change the state. Um, somebody had asked. What do I think about the failure of the loss in Rimmer Recall? Uh, you know, the, 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 the failure, it's disappointing. Um, you know, I hopped on with Mike to talk to him about it. Uh, and it does take a couple times to get a recall through, uh, like the Gavin Newsom one, to even get on the ballot or create a ballot. Um, took several tries. I think it was the third or fourth try for the recall Newsom one. Um, so it does take a while uh, I know she's up for re-election there's still plenty of time to try and recall her again and the districts have changed now so she's in a completely different district uh, I know she's in my district now so before it was Nathan Fletcher was my supervisor now they flipped and now Lawson Remmer is my, my supervisor um, which benefits her because she's from Carlsbad and all that uh, but it does take a while and you know she's she's got a run in a couple of years uh so we'll see who steps up um hopefully it's someone good to kind of take her on because it's a vulnerable seat I think there's a there's an opportunity there I think there's an opportunity in every place you just have to play your cards right so it is disappointing um I kind of agree with Mike I think there was a lot of enthusiasm behind it and it kind of like um. it it kind of died on the vine and not because of Mike, Mike worked his ass off. He did a great job. Uh, and at at the end of the day, like it just didn't pass. It didn't get enough signatures. So it's a shame. It would have been great to recall her, at least put the pressure on her to do so. Um, but she's still got to face reelection coming up. So by next year, we'll start to figure out who's going to rise up and, and run against her. Somebody said I should run against her. I was like, I don't want to run against her. I don't want to run I I still don't really want to run. Um, because then I can't do this stuff. I can't comment on stuff. So what other topics, um, since I was out last week, what other topics or comics or comments or conversations do people want to talk about? I know there's a lot to talk about. There was the ministry of truth, uh, that, has been put on hold uh which is a good thing i think that's great that there was enough pushback by people to make it so that that did go away um i think and they're gonna you know the washington post is doing their best job to kind of sugarcoat it mostly because taylor lorenz who wrote it she wrote the article that said that um oh somebody asked about the who i'm gonna get back to the who and and this whole thing, because people have been sending me this a lot. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you my own personal legal opinion on what this, what the heck's going on with the who. Um, but I'm glad that the backlash pushback, I think they, they tried to say it was, um, it was because of the backlash against Nina and Taylor, the wrens, uh, wrote the whole article who is a bully on her own right. And, uh, no, I think it's just people realized it was it was a dumb idea. So, I think a lot of people probably were like, mm, you know, probably not a great idea to to try and do this. Um, because the big thing that I heard from people who were in support of it were like, well, they're not going to actually do anything. Like, they don't have the power to do anything. Like, what do you think they're going to like tell people not to do things? And it's like, if you do any research, look at how many news organizations and corporations are in line with whatever the state tells them to do there's this unholy alliance of this big corporations whether it's the news or anything like that that they're in bed with washington dc so you don't think that they're gonna work together and they may say oh well we don't tell anybody to do anything uh what we just put out these recommendations so like the disinformation board could put out these recommendations and then you have sites like youtube and all these social media sites can say well we had to take it down because our guidelines as a private company we just follow whatever the disinformation governance board the recommendation of them so that 's where it was going to get wonky, and that 's where it was going to really turn into something scary is that the state and the corporations were going to work together and uh, that that 's really what would, probably would have happened. Someone brought up the who um, i you know i I had to look into this because so many people were sending it to me um, here 's the thing about treaties treaties are you can 't just ram treaties through uh, and right now i don 't think there 's anything on the docket in Congress regarding a treaty treaties there are two types of treaties and and let me give you what I know the mo- the most basic kind of boiled down version of it a treaty that a president initiates does not have as much power as a treaty that Congress approves because the president can enter treaties with other people in other countries and say we're gonna do this that and the other thing and that's fine and you know it's kind of like why uh, president Trump could go in and go out of the the Paris accord treaty because it was entered into one way. He could just go in and say, okay, well, I'm going to take it out. Um, so it doesn't have the same effect. And if they're entering any sort of treaty, which is what this story is, is saying that they're going to enter a treaty with the who saying that, Anytime they say something, we're going to follow it and they're going to give their we're going to hand over all discretion to the who that has to go through more hurdles constitutionally than just President Biden and the White House saying it, 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 it's so and it's law of the land. So for a lot of people who are saying that they're the we're you know, Biden's just handing over control of the United States to the who. Uh, I wouldn't say so with they, they probably are working on some sort of agreement or that they want to make the who the be all and end all, which is not great by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but in terms of it being the law of the land and taking over and, and usurping the Constitution, it, it has to go through a lot more than that. And I don't even think it has the power to usurp the Constitution. I haven't heard of a treaty that would usurp the Constitution because the Constitution is the law of the land. It's, there's nothing above the constitution. It, it, the constitution is it. There's no like super constitution status. There's no super treaties that uh, supersede the constitution. So for a lot of people who are sending it to me, um, that's my take on it about the who and all that. Uh, okay. Somebody said, what's going on with the surplus? Take a drink of water real quick. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's an eye-popping number, and $97.5 billion is an eye-popping number. And I've said this before, I think if you are taxing that much, that you have that much of a surplus left over, and you still can't provide the basic necessities that this state needs, then what are we doing here, you know? They're always talking about, they, they, they decried Elon Musk and said 44 billion will solve world hunger. Well, imagine what 97.5 billion in California could do to solve homelessness, to solve hunger, to solve poverty. And again, it comes down to this idea of like, well, if progressive policies actually worked. We would be a utopia, right? Like it, it doesn't make sense that if everything worked, if everything that they say works, then everything would be fantastic. We'd live in a utopia. Everyone would want to live in California, which is most of it's completely opposite. People are fleeing California, trying to get out of California as fast as possible. Not a lot of people are rushing to live in California. Um, And I think a lot of people are kind of pissed. And I think rightfully so. I think if you said, hey, we have a surplus, we have this enormous surplus that goes up every year, Meanwhile, people are trying to figure out how to fight inflation or gas prices, it does look bad. And I know Noodles tweeted something, I think I posted on my stories, where he says, Oh, we're gonna put it right back to the people. And, and, you know, all that money's going right back to the people. And he listed off, you know, it was like one welfare program after another handout after another welfare program. Um when reality not, it doesn't look like any of it's going back to the people. It's going back to different like welfare and stuff like that. You could just, I don't know, return it like as a stimulus. You could just say, hey, here's a bill or here's a check from the California Franchise Tax Board. Because we have so much money left over, I don't know, here's $2,000 or $1,000 for you to do whatever you want with, to stimulate the economy, to help pay for gas this month or whatever um but the fact that it has to come back through the government somehow is really the most nefarious part of it is that they're like oh we're gonna give it back to the people um but we're gonna do it through all these government programs why why not just why not just give it back to the people why not just give it right back to the people and that's why they. A lot of people say oh, there is this California Constitution that if you tax too much, you do have to return money. You were never going to see that happen, because of uh, you were never going to see that happen because they were going to find a reason to spend it. And that's the thing. They could say, "Oh, we have all this money laying around. We should give it back to the taxpayers under our California Constitution." Or what they'll do is they'll find other government programs to funnel the money through, and you'll never see it. Most of us will never see any sort of benefit from this surplus. So we continue to pay and pay and pay and pay more into this huge coffer of money that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we're never going to see the most working Californians are not going to see the benefit of it. And that's really the shame of it is that we're not going to see the benefit of it, but it looks good. It looks good for Gavin Newsom and um, he can now right before the election start signing all this stuff to give away stuff and give away free money and give away all these, um, you know, give away all these gimmies and handouts and stuff like that right before the election. So he's got a big old pile of money to give away right before the election as the incumbent. So, but. Uh, You know, I think a lot of people are going to see through that. I think a lot of people, because still at the end of the day, there's still a lot, there's still a lot wrong with California and people see it with their, with their eyes. And it's hard to, it's really hard to kind of just give handouts to get people to not pay attention to the homelessness and the crime and all that stuff. (coughs) Excuse me. But all right. Any final questions? comments stuff like that. Uh if you haven't already, in addition to uh t-shirts and stuff like that, if you want to support through Patreon or anything like that, that does help. So if you want to go to Patreon, there's a link in my bio um where you can sign up for a Patreon for less than the price I can actually say this, for less than the price of a gallon of gas, uh you could help support this platform once a month. Um, Will there be any primary debates on TV? I don't know. I haven't heard of any primary. It's kind of late. Do you think Noodles will win? Let me answer the first question. I I think it's kind of late at this point. I know there was a debate that was not televised out in Rancho Mirage. Oh, sorry. Somebody asked about the judges' races. Good Good call. Good call. If you go to judgevoterguide.com, it does have a list of judges that you should support. Um, And you can look at their candidate questionnaire for everybody who they ask, and it's updated. So these are updated questionnaires that they send out. And um, you can see, like, they give them little stars or whatever, and then they endorse them. So go to judgevoterguide.com if you're looking for suggestions on judicial races. Um, so you can see that, but yeah, in terms of the primary debates, yes, you elect DAs too. look up DAs, make sure you keep an eye on DAs, um, everything. There's a lot of stuff that you vote for. It's not just governor. You know, it's not just, everybody's always focused on who should we vote for governor? Most of the time it doesn't really matter because it's going to be noodles or whoever, but, um, do I think noodles could win? Um, if it's a Democrat, Versus a Republican, I think he'll wipe the floor with Brian Dolly. I think it won't even be close. Um, but if it is someone like a Michael Schellenberger, I do honestly believe I think that might be a much closer race. And um, I think that could be a, a game-changing race here in California if it's Michael Schellenberger versus Gavin Newsom. And even if Gavin Newsom wins, but Michael Schellenberger has a good showing under what his platform is, there could be a chance that people start to look at what Michael Schellenberger did and say like, maybe that's the path forward here in California is to kind of make things, you you know, follow that kind of blueprint. Um, so yeah, judgevoterguy.com is where you can go. It's very easy to find out. Um, and then somebody asked if noodles will win. I answered that. And then any debates, they probably would have happened already. Um, so you're really on your own. You just kind of got to figure it out. And, uh, yeah, you got to figure it out and do your own research. So, all right. Good to be back. Um, getting better slowly but surely. I uh, made it through a, I think a full, almost, yeah, full hour of Coffee in California Politics. So, I guess I feel pretty good that I can get through an entire Coffee in California Politics without passing out. Um, and my co-host winning actually was not snoring today. So, that was a change. Uh. Do you think it will impact this election? All the conservatives that left, Cali were... um, it, you know, it it may impact some. Of the, somebody asked, "Do you think all the conservatives that left, do you think will impact the election?" Look, uh, uh, the Republicans are already in a deep, deep hole. It's not really going to make too much of a, a statewide difference. Um, local politics there there could be a chance to flip a couple seats in the legislature, which is very important. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think on the, the, the point that I was trying to make is that you can go party vote, you can follow the voter guide, you can do all that. Um, but in California, I really think you just got to do the research, figure out who's the best candidate, who can win, who would you like to have in office over somebody else? And that's basically it. Um, but we are going to talk a lot about it. I'm going to give you more information about the June 7th primary live stream, What's going to happen there and uh, whatever the podcast is this week, finish up with some more interviews before the week is before the primaries are over. And then once the primaries are over, it's really a mad dash until November. There's going to be a lot to talk about. There's going to be a lot of propositions to go over, which we will go over every single one um, or as many as possible on Coffee and California Politics. So thank you again for everyone tuning in. Thank you for the people who picked up one of the um, progressive policy shirt and uh yeah glad to be back and we'll be back on that schedule and news about the weekly podcast and all that stuff so check it out um all right talk to you guys later peace